Let's offer our thoughts and prayers to God. May we pray. God of love, you are a gift to us, and you create so many gifts for us. We thank you for the people who surround us here. We thank you for our families far and wide. We thank you for our Christian family that spreads around the earth, most of whom worship you this day. We ask, O God, that you would bless them as they worship, just as you bless us as we worship. We have learned to depend on you, God, in our shaky world. We thank you for being rock steady in every storm. We ask that your peace would overshadow this world so that we can find you and show you to others. Lord our God, as we will separate in ways over this summer, I ask your blessing on this church. Be with them and guide them. Bring us back together with joy and hope. And excitement for the future that you provide for us. Lord, we thank you for being our foundation. As we pray in the name of our rock, Jesus Christ. I'll try this with less emotion. Thank you for loving me anyway. (laughs) It was Philip Yancey, many of you know about Philip Yancey, who told of watching a series on public television where they were interviewing soldiers from World War II. And these soldiers recalled how they had spent one particular day. One sat in a foxhole all day. Once or twice a German tank drove by and he shot at it. Others played cards and frittered away the time. A few got involved in furious firefights. Mostly, the day passed like any other day for an infantryman at the front. Later, they learned that they had just participated in one of the largest, most decisive engagements of the war, the Battle of the Bulge. It did not feel decisive to any of them at the time, because none of them had the big picture of what was happening elsewhere. In chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew, Jesus has been giving us the big picture I learned that St. Augustine was the first to call this series of chapters the Sermon on the Mount. It's a series of teachings 
that some scholars have said are meant only for certain people, like priests or nuns. Wouldn't we love that? Some have said they were intended only for certain times, like after Christ returns or as this era is drawing to a close. Some have said the lessons are for every Christian, even as they acknowledge the difficulty of doing everything Jesus says. Commands like, do not worry. When someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other. Let your light shine before others. Be reconciled with those with whom you have conflicts. And do not swear at all. (laughs) Yeah, right. What matters to us today, though, is less the individual commands in those three chapters, but the larger picture, the foundational picture for us as people of faith. Life feels shaky sometimes. Perhaps your life feels shaky often. Our son Noah is taking his first gymnastics class at the YMCA, and yesterday the coach was wanting him to walk on a balance beam and not look at his feet. He's supposed to look up. You would know this. (laughs) Four inches wide, okay? That's the balance beam. That's a hard thing to do when somebody is new at this and feeling very shaky and unbalanced to not look at your feet. Because the, that what's at your feet gives you the sense, the illusion of a firm foundation. Well, think about times that you feel shaky or unbalanced. Many of us have been at the point of waiting for medical tests, <clears throat> medical test results. We have to wait for days sometimes, and we feel unbalanced because we don't know what that means for our future. When children are leaving the nest and flying away on their own, we want a firm foundation. When we feel deserted by our pastor as she takes off on a a three-and-a-half-month-long sabbatical, we want a firm foundation. His name is Kirk Lashley. (laughs) No, his name is Jesus Christ. Dale Bruner says that the best parable of trust that they have in their home is their cat, who, whose name is Clement of Alexandria. Bruner said he had a companion cat, Archbishop Thomas Cranmer, but a local coyote ate the archbishop recently. <laughs> well, he says when Clement goes outside, he lives in terror. He looks around as though it's a jungle and he's terrified. But when he comes into the house, he lies out on the floor right in between the kitchen and dining room where they walk most frequently. And he falls asleep in total trust. He said he and his wife Kathy could anytime walk on the cat's head and squash it. But the cat knows that they're not going to do that. He said his cat lives in complete, total confidence of his human companions and that the best animal synonym for faith is purring. And when he sees Clement just lying there in the middle of the floor, he says to himself, that's what Jesus wants me to do, to trust him, 
The kind of trust the cat shows in them is the kind of trust that the Lord Jesus Christ invites from us. That cat has a foundation of trust. Now, each day we choose where we bestow our trust. And so Jesus creates for us this metaphor of houses. The image for Matthew's hearers was the dry stream beds of the Middle East. In parts of the year, they look sound and firm. But when the rains come, the sand erodes away, just like it does under our feet when we stand in the surf. We might lose our balance in the surf, but a house will topple and great will be its fall. We can imagine some of the images we've seen from Sichuan province, of those houses that have crumbled due to those quakes. We depend on our homes being there when we get back from church or the grocery store or lunch, but sometimes a tree falls on it. We expect to reach the person that we call or that we can at least leave a message, but sometimes people die before we can do that. We depend on our jobs for income, and yet those pink slips come as a shock. At our church staff meeting this week, we talked about this passage and our own foundations. Those we mentioned are likely to be yours. Faith in God was the first one mentioned. And then family and friends and church family. With the exception of God, everything is temporal. Everything changes and dies except God. So we search for a firm foundation. In 1930, a firm foundation was set in New York City for the Empire State Building. Workers drilled down 55 feet to the most solid rock that could be found on earth, that underneath Manhattan, solid, not on a fault line, we hope. Concrete piers were poured, and it was to those piers that the steel was then attached, and then everything else was built, the skeleton and then the skin surrounding it and all everything inside. To build what was then the tallest building in the world, the builders knew that the foundation had to be solid. So see this as a metaphor for our spiritual lives. We build our lives on something. We may build our lives on our reputation. We may build it on the good works that we do. We may build it on our families and friendships, but all of this stuff changes. This is not new information for you, that all of this stuff dies, just as we will someday. The only eternal thing we know is God. When we build on God, and specifically for us Christians, when we build on Jesus Christ, that becomes our bedrock. The rain will soak us through. The heat and the cold will annoy us. The winds will make us sway. We will be modified inside and out. 
and yet our foundation will not change and will keep us steady and strong. While our foundation of faith is not built on the Lord's Supper, it is built upon the Lord who instituted this symbolic meal. It represents faith for us, faith in the words of Jesus of Nazareth, and faith in the God who inspired and offered him to us. And the faith, too, that we will someday enjoy a different kind of feast, a heavenly feast, when we are surrounded by those we love with Christ at our center. So in this life, let us attempt to live with Christ at our center. And then with hope, with trust, with faith, those around us will find that center as well.